0: Well, politics can be cruel, but did what happened to Tom Mulcair yesterday set a new bar? The insiders are here. Jamie and David right here in Toronto. Kathleen is in Ottawa. Kathleen, you were there yesterday afternoon, uh, so you had the feel of the room. We were watching on television, and i got to tell you that there were times it, it, it kind of felt like a public hanging. What was it like in there? How cruel was it?
1: Well, it was pretty shocking. I have to admit, there was a silence that fell over the room. In fact, I'll back it up a little bit. I was standing near the front of the stage and I saw my good friend, Rebecca Blakey, the former president of the party, walk into the room with the sealed ballot box and uh, her face was just dire and grim. And I knew from that moment that the news wasn't going to be good. Um, and uh, when he took the stage, though, I think that the thing that should be noted, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more tonight, was just how amazingly graceful uh, Mr. Mulcair was in accepting that defeat, because it was shocking to his staff, and I'm sure it was shocking to him and his family, the results. Um, I'm told by his staff that are close to him that he didn't have a speech written in case um, of losing uh, the vote and not getting the support he needed. So all the words that he said on stage he just crafted in the moments just before he went up there. Um, I guess he's superstitious, but uh, uh, in the end I thought he was very graceful.
0: Sometimes that is the best way to handle a speech, Mm -hmm. is to to make it up kind of on the fly. But Mm -hmm. uh, most people have given him that credit of being Extremely gracious. But to this point, uh, Jamie and David, I've, I've kind of the cruelty of politics sometimes from the human side. I mean, we saw it played out in a way we've never seen played out before. You know, Peter,
2: we all make mistakes in our jobs. We have good days, we have bad days. Sometimes we even get fired. But usually it's uh, when one or two people know and we go home and we get consoled by our family. The viciousness of politics is it plays out in front of the nation, and that's what happened yesterday. It happened uh, to uh, Premier Prentice when he lost that night, Prime Minister Harper when, when he lost. It's a pretty brutal night. The one thing that I will say about what happened to Mr Mulcair yesterday, at least he got certainty of outcome. And I think in some some ways although it's pretty tough to get less than 50% it's better than getting 63% and having an uncertain outcome
3: David uh, where are you on this Well, I mean, there's no question that it's cruel. Politics, and especially leadership in politics, is very personal. We've talked about this on the panel in the past, and the party was making a very personal judgment about him and making it in in public, in a very public way. I think there is something a little different about this, though, because I think there was something a little different about Mr. Belker's relationship with with his party. Most party leaders come out of their parties. They spent their lifetime of adult involvement in politics in that party. Their friends are throughout the party everywhere. And so when something like this happens, when Joe Clark was rejected, in a sense, by the Conservative Party, it was like a family rejection. And there was an additional dose of that. Mr. Mulcair's relationship with the NDP always seemed more transactional, more Michael Ignatieff, rental leader type of, type of thing. And he was hired to do a job. It was very clear we were all at the convention where he was elected. He was elected to win that Election—that was his job. It wasn't because he was a new Democrat. It wasn't because he was the firebrand of the left. His job was to win. He didn't win. Maybe it was just business. But but
2: Peter, given what David just said, I think it's astonishing, remarkable, even that he was able to perpetuate that. He even still, had a chance, and he wasn't gone election night. I, I, I would have thought he would have been for those exact reasons. Finished that night, he was able to at least create the mythology that he could stay.
0: Um, Talk to me about, and that may be one of them, uh, for strategists. What's the, the lesson of this whole Mulcair uh, experience when, you know, when you're dealing with candidates in the future? What are you going to take from this experience uh, that you may use as advice for them, Kathleen?
1: Well, I assure you that if the people um, around Mulcair, if his team knew in advance that he was going to get 48 percent and if they knew that in October or November or December or even of January this year, they probably would have pursued a different strategy. And they might have even maybe Mr. Mulcair would have chosen to resign um, sooner. Um, But I think right now what we have going forward is the fact that he is going to stay on. He'll be an asset in the House. I think that um, anyone on all sides uh, kind of acknowledges that he performs well there. And while the party kind of resumes this leadership process, it actually could turn out to be a good thing. I think, I think what the vote happened on, on Sunday, what that was, if you consider the election a test, if that's the test that's administered, then what happened on Sunday was the report card. Um, and he didn't uh, get the number, the members didn't give them, him the number that he needed, the letter grade that he needed, and, and now he's gone. But that doesn't mean he, we don't necessarily want him to stay on. He can be an asset to the party, he can be a statesman, a leader hopefully he can retain his seat in in Outrements and remain as an mp and i think that could be valuable to the party as it as it pursues a new leader what's
3: the lesson here david well i think that a lot of people are shocked about why Mr. Mulcair didn't do better in the election, perhaps, and shocked about why the NDP rejected him, because he appears to have so many skills. He's evidently a very bright guy. He had great uh, question period uh, manner, uh, very well versed on the issues. He had a lot of things that you would say, well, that's those are the qualities of leadership. But I think... We've talked about this, increasingly authenticity is the key to successful leadership in the country and to having a successful connection with the electorate. And I don't think he ever really looked authentic in that role. I think he was just a bad fit as leader of the NDP, and Canadians saw through it in October, and the NDP themselves saw through it over the course of the last few months.
2: I think the lesson is in setting expectations. I think David's right. It was clear that he was hired to win this election. Mr. Trudeau, on the other hand, was given from the get-go a two-election chance. Now, it turned out that he won, but if he hadn't won this election, I think it was pretty clear that he was going to have a chance to have, a, uh, have another kick at it. So I think strategists have to, especially with new leaders, now we've got two parties who are looking at new leaders, they've got to set the expectation right from the get-go and not let things get ahead of them. Um,
0: Was the die cast on October 19th for Tom Mulcair, when those results rolled in, was there anything he could have done differently, Kathleen, in this last minute we got left, um, that could have made yesterday different?
1: Well, I think speaking to members sooner, I think um, possibly I wouldn't say October 19th that die was cast. Perhaps it was cast on August uh, 25th when he announced that he was going to go with balanced budgets. Um, that if you track the election, that was the date that he came out with it. And then actually it was debated in the media for a further nine days. Um, but listen, I just want viewers to leave with the idea that really um, members in the room in Edmonton this past weekend um, are looking for a leader that speaks them directly and can bring this Party into uh, power and into, and they're looking for a new prime minister uh, from from our own party. And they were hopeful, they were engaged, and um, and uh, I, I I'm actually very quietly optimistic.
3: Uh, David, organize. never seemed to take it seriously. I mean, it was a stealth killing. There's no doubt about that. Nobody saw it it coming. There was no big uprising against him. But he would have had a lot of ability to exercise control over who was at that meeting, who got elected in delegates uh, in the ridings across the country. If he had set out after the last election and put together an organization like John Turner did in 1986, for example, to secure his renewed leadership, I'm sure he could have had a different result. You had the last word, Jamie.
2: Yeah, I I see it a bit differently. I think the die was cast for the simple reason that he picked a path, and that path didn't work. Had it worked, he would have been a hero. He would have been standing for uh, Madame Tussauds Wax Museum because Mm -hmm. everyone would have thought he was a great hero. But he picked a lane, and that lane turned out to be the wrong one. So I think it was done as of election night.
0: All right. leave it at that. Thank you all. Kathleen in Ottawa, Jamie and David here in Toronto.